Welcome back, family. 2016 has been a year of first and last in the entertainment industry. This year saw the launch of the View from the Stoop podcast, and we can't thank you enough, our family, for the support that you've given us all year long. Now, we promise that we're going to stay committed to bringing you the best content and conversations that we can in the coming year. So this week will be no exception. Lisa Smedley is one of the most influential people that we've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. As a stylist and consultant, she's helped shape the fashion of an entire generation. Now, she's worked with names such as Chucky Booker, Whitney Houston, Cullen Bad, Belle Biv DeVoe, and so many more. And we think that her insight into what it takes to be successful and have longevity in this industry will really be enlightening. And so we're excited to welcome her to the family. So let's go. Tell everybody who you are, um, what brought you to where you are, and um, what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Lisa Smetley. I am a fashion stylist, and um, I've been doing it for over 15 years. And I guess your question was, how did I get started? Mm-hmm. Where are you so, from? So um, I'm from since, originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. And I moved to Los Angeles when I was 18 to go to college there and to um, pursue something in fashion. I wasn't for sure at the time what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be in fashion. So, so I asked, I'm sorry yeah. from from Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, the entertainment industry is is basically housed in New York or L.A. What uh-huh. what was it that caused you to go? Hey, I can do this. When you were in Cincinnati, was had you done local things? You know, I when I was in Cincinnati, well, first of all, I grew up around fashion. My mom was a model in Cincinnati. She was one of the I would say first black models in Cincinnati who even went to her, took her career to a step where she was doing commercials. She was on TV. Mm-hmm. She was doing fashion shows pretty much every weekend. So I, as a child was always, always around fashion and makeup and beauty and, and clothes and just had a whole lifestyle. So I think just seeing my mom and the glamor of that, that gave me a love for it as well. Um, and then I also uh, just, it was just natural to me. It was just a natural thing for me to want to dress up. And even when I was in elementary school, I remember I would see girls and I was like, gosh, I wish I could take them home and just make make them over and, and you know, do their fashion. And because I always felt like I could help them and, and, and do something to enhance their beauty. So mm-hmm. I always had that inside of me. It was kind of like a natural thing. What brought me to L.A. was that I had a choice of either, either going to New York or L.A. L.A. I chose because I had family there. Okay. My mom had a twin sister who lived in L.A., and she was in fashion as well. And so that just, to me, made more sense because I knew I wanted to go to a big city, and I knew I wanted to still have family, though, around me. So I chose to go to, um, to Los Angeles. That was the reason why I chose to go there. So you're, you said you were 18 at this point, right? I was 18. As soon as, I mean, literally, as soon as I graduated from high school, I think I graduated in June, and I think I left for L.A. like two weeks later. So I was ready, to say the least, to leave Cincinnati <laughs> and pursue my career. I just knew, I mean, I love Cincinnati, and I'm glad, you know, what it taught me as far as, like, my morals and things like that. But I just knew I was bigger than Cincinnati. I knew that what I wanted to do was bigger than me being in a small city. I always knew that. Um, and I knew the way I was going to grow was to be in a bigger city. So, yes, I was ready to go. So when you got to L.A., 
did you hit the ground running? Had you already had contacts or you had to, to build and grind? I, it was, uh, yes, it was definitely not like, oh, I just got off the plane and everyone is just waiting for me. No, I, well, first of all, I went there 18, I, I pursued um, my degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at the Fashion Institute and then I later on um, left the Fashion Institute and went to Los Angeles Trade Tactics. I wanted to take different classes and that's what they offered at that school. So I pursued my degree. That was the first thing. And um, once I got my degree, I wasn't still really sure what I wanted to do. I just still knew I wanted to do something in fashion. I actually was thinking about being a buyer or just something where I was um, some kind of merchandising or something like that in fashion. At that time, I still didn't know because there were so many aspects, you know, with fashion that I just wasn't sure. So when I graduated, my counselor at the time, my guidance counselor said, well, I got a job for you at Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills. You know, you can do personal consulting there. They have the Saks Fifth Avenue Club, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but they still have it to this day, mm. called the Saks Fifth Off Club and Saks Fifth Avenue Club. And what that is is that you do personal uh, consulting for different clients that come in. So I actually started retail first. You have to start in retail. I was mm. 18. I worked at Beverly Hills, and I started really, you know, meeting with clients that had, you know, there were very upscale clients that I had because people, you know, Beverly Hills or Dale Drive, you know, they were very wealthy. So that gave me a great experience of working with budgets and large budgets. Make a long story short, I actually ended up working with a girl who had a cousin who was um, an agent at the time. She was doing hair, makeup, and wardrobe. She had just started her agency, and she was a representative for hair, makeup, and wardrobe. And she said to me, she said, Lisa, you're so good at what you do. You're so in tune in what the client wants and, and, and you know, how to create an image for them. She said, you really should think about maybe doing this, you know, just as your as your own business. And I thought, you can do that? So I called the <laughs> The lady at the time, her name was Crystal Wright. It was called Wright, a Crystal Wright Agency, mm-hmm. and I love her to death. So if you ever get a chance, to, I'm going to throw a shout out to her because she's got a great, great mentor mentor um, program that she does for people now. But anyway, she had an agency called the Crystal Wright Agency. She just started out, and I called her up, and she was just like, you know, you don't have a portfolio, but I can help you. You can do things for entertainers. You can work with different directors. You know, it's a great way to um, make money and do what you love to do. And I had no idea at the time. You come from Cincinnati. I had no idea that there was a job, you know, that even existed where you meet with entertainers and you take them shopping and, you, you know, <laughs> figure out their image. I mean, I had no idea. I was new. You know, I was coming from Cincinnati. I didn't know that. You know, you get paid for doing that. So, um, anyway, so I started working with her. She actually had me starting out as an assistant to a costumer by the name of Michelle Cole. And Michelle Cole actually is huge. She does like Blackish, the show Blackish mm-hmm. with Tracy Ellis Ross. She, she, was, she was doing a living color at the time. Um, for those who are my generation that remember living color with Damon <laughs> Wayans and all the Wayans brothers. So I was on, I did that when Jennifer Lopez was just one of the fly girls. I was working with, you know, the fly girls back then. Mm-hmm. So I started out doing assistant costuming with her and um, I just, you know, I kept working I kept working with her. And then on the side, when I wasn't working with her, I would do 
free test shoot, which is um, working with photographers where we're trying to build our portfolio. And so we all work for free. So we would just get a model and then we would, you know, do different um, photography for photo sessions. And we would just basically build our portfolio that way because at the time, you know, no one was really hiring me because I didn't really have a book. Right. But the way I got my break was is um, – so Crystal said, I got this artist. He's a new artist. She's like, I know you don't have a book. She's like, but I believe in you. I know you can do it. I think he'll, he'll use you just because I think he'll love your personality and he'll love your ideas. And so the first artist, his name was Chucky Booker. I don't know if you remember Chucky Booker. Of course. If you're, okay. So Chucky, and I love Chucky to this day because he gave me my big break. So Chucky sat down with me. He met me. I had no book. I had, I mean, literally I had nothing to show for. Only thing I had to say to him was I worked as an assistant with Michelle Cole, but I literally had nothing to show him except the fact that I was just like, oh, you know, you look great in this kind of look. I had already researched and did, you know, um, just things that I thought would look great on him for a CD cover. Mm -hmm. So when I came to him, I said, you know, I know you look great in this type of look. This is what I'm thinking. And he loved it. And he was like, I know you don't have a book. He was like, but you, I love your ideas. So yeah, I want to use you. And so Chucky used me for a CD. Then he used me for his tour. Then he used me for his videos. I mean, just kind of you know, just started getting the, the basically the ball rolling from him. And then from Chucky, really liking what I did and me starting to really work with him. And, you know, I finally got my first CD cover. I was so happy. I had, like, my name on it, you know, the credits and everything. Mm -hmm. And so from Chucky, then Chucky was like, oh, you know, I'm going to introduce you to Gerald Albright, which mm -hmm. is a friend of his. But then I did Gerald Albright. And then I did True because he was working with True. But so it was kind of like that the way the business kind of works is, you, you know, if one person likes you, then they'll recommend you to someone else and then they like you and then they, and then, you know, then you just, from there, you just start being your clients. And so a lot of it was word of mouth, people just liking what I did. They liked my personality and um, just my, my drive for being, you know, very driven as to make sure I get the job done. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you meet directors and so it just kind of got the ball rolling. So from there, you know, I started working with um, another uh, director, Lionel Martin, who at the time was doing everybody, anybody you could think of, in, especially in R&B. Mm -hmm. So Lionel, I became Lionel's like personal uh, fashion stylist for all his videos. So then from Lionel, I was doing like R. Kelly and Whitney Houston and Stevie Wonder. I mean, the list goes on and on. Belle DeVoe, Ralph, Damien, uh, Damien, the guy, guy. And I mean, just everybody you could think of that was even hot man. Let me just yeah, stop you so. for a second. So okay. you're telling I'm not me you, you designed the look for <laughs> New Jack Swing. <laughs> yes. That's incredible. I was the cre I was the image behind the image for all, a lot of these groups. I um I just, you know, I would basically the way I worked is um and I have to say Michelle Cole was a great teacher because she was very tough on me. Um, and so was Crystal. And at the time, I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. I thought, gosh, they're so hard on me. But now I'm like, they really were, that was a really good thing because it really toughened me up. It really made me be, well, basically had that confidence. So where I walked into a room and I had to talk to a director and he's questioning me about, well, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I can do it. I can do this. I can create this look. I know what I, I know what I, when it already do for these people. So it definitely built a confidence in me. You literally um, yeah, changed I did, the way I, kids dressed for an entire decade. 
I know. I know. And it's funny because <laughs> I have a, there is a, a, um, a, I think it's a, a, a thing called complex. It's like mm. a, uh, I don't know if it's a, yeah, you know how you've heard of it? Oh, yeah. So yeah. they, because I dressed Carmi Bad, too. I did like everything you could think of with Carmi Bad, I did. I mm-hmm. came up with the whole concept of the colors. You know, they had lots of different colors. I came up with everything for them and all their looks throughout their whole career. And they recently, I would say maybe a couple of years ago, they wrote up an article of the 90s groups that had the best looked mm-hmm. and they were one of them and they were saying how ahead of time they were with a lot of their stuff because a lot of stuff I would give for them was very European, very high fashion and um, lots of like leathers and all those types of things that they were doing back then that people weren't, really weren't doing but I got them to do it and um, they recently wrote an article saying how ahead of time they were with mm-hmm. things and that was one of the things that I always try to do with a lot of groups was I try to get them, obviously you want their looks to be, like you said, setting the trend for what's coming. So the kids could look at it and say, oh, I want that because it's, I haven't seen that. So that was always like the signature thing that I would have with a lot of artists is they would leave, they would have a look that people would look at them and say, oh, where can I get that? Because that hasn't been done before. So my yeah, mom would be me. so mad at you because I gave her <laughs> hell trying to dress like everybody you name. Oh, oh my god! You have, oh my gosh! You have shaped my childhood, my my junior high, my high school. Wow! <laughs> Do you wow! Know, I'm happy. Did Did you have any idea the type of ooh? What's the best? The, let's just say the power that you had. You know, I didn't. I really did. I, I, I'm realizing it now when, mm-hmm. especially when I see videos on TV and or, or a song will come on and my kids will be like, Mom, I love that song. I'm like, I did that video. They're like, Mom, you did everybody back then. They're like, <laughs> and you, you know, and they're like looking at the old photos and all that stuff back in style now, that 90s and, mm-hmm. you know, the Timberland boots and, and, and just all. I mean, even I think I saw Chris Brown one time with like the, the uh, one red shoe and like one green shoe. Mm-hmm. Like they'll did the bow, did that like back in the 90s, you know, so it's like. Um, it, I did not realize how much of an impact I was making until now when I'm looking at, gosh, I really did some great people mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm very, I'm, and I'm humbled and I'm so thankful that I was even in a position to where people trusted me and they hired me. And like I said, Chucky e believed in me when I didn't have a book. So I just feel I've been very, very blessed, very blessed. And so I'm always, always. Because of that, I'm always like, let me get back, let me help, whoever needs help. I'm always trying to do something to help younger the younger generation. So I have people always, girls calling me, can, you know, can I mentor them? So as much as time I can dedicate to helping them, I do try to. And um, I just believe, you know, because someone gave me a chance, I'm always like, I want to help other people. So I believe when you give back, then you, when you give out positive, you give back positive. I've always felt that way. So let's circle back a little bit. In those early okay. days, what would you say was the most important characteristic you had to have? Because there's a lot of people who who want to be stylists or want to be um, anything in the entertainment industry and don't know mm-hmm. where to start or they they approach it from the wrong um, perspective. Right. Um, what's right. the well, most important the- thing? 
I think a couple of things. First of all, um, I definitely I see the new generation that's coming up. There, there are some great, great um, stylists that I see that are, you know, um, coming up. But one thing I tell them, even the girls who, you know, who come to me and it's like, oh, I want to dress some celebrity. You know, it's just like they just, that's what they feel. You know, it's just so much fun. And I always say to them, First of all, it's more than just going to a store and just getting a, a, a cool designer. It's more than just going and getting, you know, somebody dressed somebody in Gucci. It's not it's not just getting a great designer. It is really when you get the client, it's studying them, it's listening to their music, it's doing research on them, it's speaking with them. It's really getting to know that person, getting to know even their lifestyle, find out what they like, what they don't like, and really investing time and energy to something that's going to not only give them a great look, but have them feel comfortable in it. Because it always shows when somebody is not comfortable in something. You want them to feel comfortable, but you want them to look good, but you want them to feel comfortable. You know, even when it's taking something to where they've never thought they were wear, you still want them to feel comfortable in it. Um, one thing I have to say is that I've always, always, even when I first started, you know, when I worked with Chucky, he was, at the time, he was, you know, he was a celebrity. Um, I've always maintained my professionalism where, you know, I try, I do not, I'm not starstruck when I meet them. I'm not asking for photos. I'm not asking for autographs, although some of them I'm very tempted to, you know, depending on who it is. But, you know, I come there and I say, this is what I Think you should have this is this mood board a mood board is usually what I have which is pictures of different themes and different ideas I will have for them um, being very extremely professional being very dedicated I mean there are days you know where I'm up all night all day where I'm just looking for photos I'm, I'm doing research and I'm up all night before I even meet the client because I want to know every inch of what will look good for them. I want to know the designer's names. I want to know the fabric. I want every, as much as information I can get before I meet that client. So before I even meet with them, I'm doing major research. So I would say, first of all, it's definitely dedication. It is hard work. There are times where, you know, I'm not on the clock, but I'm still working because I'm still trying to make sure I get just that right look for someone. Um, it's definitely um, having the confidence that, you know, I can do this and I can talk to these huge directors and not be intimidated. And I think it's definitely a love. You know, you've got, you've got to have a love for it. And also I think it's just something that, I want to say you can't learn it, but I think it's almost something that you naturally have to have in you that you just know that when you see something in a store, if you see something a designer has, you know, designed, you just know in the back of your mind it might work for someone because it's just something that's just naturally that you have as a gift. So I think a lot of that rolled onto one makes you a good, you know, fashion stylist. Mm. And so I think, I mean, for me, I just, I just knew, I knew without a shell of a doubt, no matter what, that I wanted to do something where I was dressing people and creating images. I knew that. And, 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 you know, there were times where I first started out where it got so hard. I mean, my gosh, I was just like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my rent. And, you know, it got, it was very tough in the beginning because I wasn't working as much, but 
I knew that that's what I wanted to do, so it didn't stop me. So even, I guess I would say, even through the down times and the slow times when it's slow, if you know that's what you want to do and it's in your heart and and that's your passion, then eventually it will all come together. So I think it's just really not because it is, I think a lot of people's perception, especially some of the younger generation is, oh, I'll just, you know, get some celebrities and we'll be on set and I get some cool clothes and that's it. And it's so much more than that. It really is. Um, It really is taking their look and enhancing it and really creating an image with them and really knowing their personality and knowing that that it's not just something you're going to throw on them, but something that you're actually creating an image. So like me, 10 years later, people are saying, oh, my gosh, you did the image for Belle Did DeVoe or Call Me Bad or whoever, I, you know, wherever mm. I was dressing at the time. Yeah. Did you have to fight for some of the looks? Was there some resistance initially or did people just trust you once you reached a certain point? There were. In fact, it's funny because Chucky, <laughs> my first client, at the time when I first did his photo shoot, um, that's when polka dots were really just coming into style. I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember, like, everyone's doing polka dots at that time. Yes. And I remember <laughs> to this day, uh, yeah, it was like everyone's doing those polka dots. And I remember Chucky um, really, I came to him and I said, Chucky, I think you should do polka dots for this one, you know, look in your video. And the director was like, we're not doing polka dots. I don't think we should. Da, da, da. I mean, he was just totally against it. And I said, just trust me. I think it's going to work for this shot because, you know, when you do videos and um, photo shoots or commercials, mm-hmm. you always look at, it's not just the putting the clothes on the person. You're looking at the background. You're looking at the location. It all has to tie in together with what they have on. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, me looking at what they were going to be shooting at in the video, the one scene, and I thought the colors worked. It just, the whole vibe worked. And make a long story short, they fought me on it, but I eventually got my way. And then after it was all said and done, he came to me, the director came to me and said, oh, I'm so glad I trusted you. It's so It's such a great shot. So, yes, there are times where, and that's when, again, you just have to have that confidence where you're like, I know that I know but this is going to work. And that's just, you know, when, when I am presented to do a video or commercial, they always send you what they call um, still photos, or they send you a, um, basically a storyboard. And the storyboard is basically shots uh, where they're going to shoot different scenes. And they'll show you a storyboard because they want the stylist to see the colors that they're using. They want you to see the mood of the scene. So, you know, if it's somebody who it's nighttime and they're at dinner, well, you're not going to put them in, you know, something that's like very casual if they're at a formal dinner. So, mm-hmm. and, if, and if it's something that is uh, color-wise, you don't want the colors to clash with the colors in the scene either. So, all, that's why they send you a storyboard. So, me looking at the storyboard, I just knew it would work. So, again, that's you doing research. That's you, you know, looking at the different clothes that are out there, looking at the colors, looking at even the fabric, how the fabrics are going to be on, you know, when they're walking, you know, or is it going to, you know, there's sometimes where certain fabrics you can't use on set because it's too loud, you know, like, you know, if you use a certain type of leather or a certain type of fabric, a lot of times they don't like it because it makes too much noise. So it's a lot that goes into when you're creating a look for someone on uh, a video or commercial as well. I just want to take a side note and say there's a school yearbook picture out there somewhere that was 
wholly you're responsible for the black and purple polka dot shirt that I was wearing. Um, I think I've confiscated all the pictures, but um, if you do have one out there and you know me, it's it's her fault. Um, Lisa Smedley, you, um, you, you had me in that shirt. And um, oh my god, I, I will refer people to you going forward. So that's funny. Yeah, I heard it's funny because that polka dot. It's funny because I saw there was a recent picture of GQ magazine with Justin Bieber on it. He had a polka dot shirt on, <laughs> and I think he had like a blade. Uh, I don't know if he had a blazer or something. And I thought, oh my gosh, like they are seriously repeating that whole polka dot look again. Like you know, and that's how fashion is. It's just always recreated. It's mm. always recreated. So it's just like it revolves constantly. So it's just funny, yeah, that I see it popping up now. And back then it was just, yeah, I mean, everyone was doing it back then. Well, you couldn't so, get a date um, unless you dressed like somebody from some video. So I know. I know. Fault. I know. I know. So, stuff. We, I shouldn't have had that shirt on. It wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> What, what was I, I mean, there's something. Well, there's some things in fashion. I'm like, I would never, ever want to repeat it because it's mm. just so like out there. But then mm. there's some things I'm like, gosh, I'm glad it's back. So it really depends. I mean, there's some things I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hope it never comes back in style. But um, yeah, it's just fashion is for sure always revolving, always just like comes back around in some shape or form, always. What was your I've made it moment? Oh, wow. Oh, God. I think I had a lot of those <laughs> because I, well, because I think my, I made it moment was when, I don't know if so much is, so much is a moment that I would call I made it. I think my biggest accomplishment to me was when I got called to do Whitney Houston, to work with Whitney Houston, because she was such I mean, she, you know, opposite all the we we all know she was such a huge star, mm-hmm. and she was so just bigger than life. And I love, I mean, everyone loved her. And I just knew that if you're working with Whitney Houston, you have to be good because mm-hmm. she's not going to stick anybody. You know, Clyde Davis and all the people who are around her, they're not just going to pick anybody to you know, be her, her fashion stylist. So when I was able to um, start working with her, I was just like, okay, this is just like, I really am. I I really am good. You know, I really am. You know, I really must be that good because, you know, I am doing somebody that she can pick anybody in the world. Not even United States, but gosh, she can go to Europe and get any person to, do her her look and she chose me so it was yeah that was a really really great moment for me and that's just something I'm always just like I think I even have her like on my or I did have on my Twitter account it's just one of the best moments of my career was working with her because she was just so um just an awesome person to work with um, you know, and I know like later on, you know, I got to know her as a person, not even just as an artist, but we got, we became, you know, got to know each other. Mm-hmm. I got to know her as a woman. And I just remember when I first worked with her the very first time, um, people kept saying to me, you know, be careful with her. She is a diva. You know, she's not always so nice. I mean, they were paying like this horrible picture up, <laughs> I would say of just this bigger than life diva that really was kind of like not... I'm like a real person. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I went on or I did her video and I, we actually filmed her video at her house. And I remember we had to go to her house 
And I remember the first thing she said when I walked in the door, she said, okay, I know you have clothes for me, she said, but I want you to sit down and give me some Hollywood gossip. <laughs> She's like, I want to know some gossip. And I was just like, okay, this lady, I mean, you know, people have painted this picture of her, but she was, I mean, I think Bobby even said one time in the interview, she was like a homegirl. I mean, mm. she was. Not like, I mean, she knew how to be the diva, grand, fall gown person when she had to be, but she definitely was like the down home girl, you know, let's talk about, let's get some gossip, let's hang out. I mean, she was definitely very, very cool like that. And so I think when I got to see that side of her, I just was just like, she really is, you know, I think almost misunderstood by a lot of the people <laughs> the, and the, you know, public, because I think everyone did see her as this person that was just so much diva. And she really wasn't. Right. She really was just like, like the down home. Yeah. Home girl. Let's hang out. And yeah, she was, she was awesome. She was awesome. You mentioned Twitter. Um, social media has kind of skewed people's perspective on how you get into an industry these days um, for every one person that turns their Instagram page into a, a job as a, a stylist. There's a, a hundred million that have just taken pictures. How have you seen the industry changing because of social media? You know, I have, and I, of course I'm old school. I'm always going to be old school. And I, I think it's good and bad. I think the good thing about Instagram and Twitter, because I mean, I have both and I just actually started, you know, because I was kind of forced to basically, you <laughs> kind of have to now, but, um, yeah, so I just kind of started it. But, um, the good thing about it is you do reach an audience that you probably might not reach because you, you, you don't, you know, anyone could just look on your Twitter account and your Instagram. And mm -hmm. so I have had a lot of people contact me on Instagram and I think that's how you found me even. Mm -hmm. um, so I, the good thing about it is that you, you are able through media, internet, you know, the whole social media now, you are able to reach a much bigger audience. Um, so to speak, I think, the problem that I have with it, though, is you. a lot of people will want to hire me just based on what they see on my Instagram or, you know, send them, you know, they'll go to my website or whatever, and they never have had a chance to meet me, so, which is a great thing, I guess, if you see, you know, all my information, my Instagram, and you're like, you still want to use me, but I think... I still, I, because going even back to Chucky, I mean, if this was 20 years ago and I didn't have an Instagram or any information on me and someone wanted to hire me, they wouldn't if all they based on was my Instagram and website because Chucky hired me basically, basically because he met me and he liked my personality and he liked, you know, the, the things that I spoke about to him as far as like his look. And with Instagram, I think of social media, you do not get that intimacy as far as meeting someone one-on-one. -on -one. You, you get it after they might've hired you already. Mm -hmm. um, but initially, you know, the days of going to like a record label or meeting someone one-on-one -on -one before they hire you is not, as popular as it, as, it, as it was back then. And I think a lot of times there are a lot of people who, you know, their site might not be as great or Instagram might not be as great, but there are, they, they might be a great makeup person or a great stylist or hair, but their Instagram might not reflect that. So it lets them 
it leaves them in a situation where they might not be getting work. So I think that's the only thing I have a problem with is that you, you're not getting that intimacy as far as that one-on-one meeting with someone before um, they actually, you know, you, you don't have a personality with the work that you're doing. And I think for me, the way I've always felt is, is that a lot of the artists who hired me, they feel comfortable with me because they can choose anyone. And if, but if you don't feel comfortable with working with someone and, and you don't feel comfortable or don't trust them because, you know, there's something that clicking with you two when you guys talk or something, it's going to be really hard to do your job with them. And so I've always felt like when they meet me, if we click, I mean, because there have been times where I've met people and, and you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not sure if they're going to like me. I'm not sure, you know, we'll see. And, you know, because you don't know when you right. meet someone, you know, and, and, and you're with these people, you know, a lot of times I'm with these people for all day long, you know. I mean, when I did Whitney Houston's uh, video, we were literally on the set for almost 24 hours, you know five days straight, just filming and filming and filming. So you spend a lot of time with these people, you you know. So I think, um, yeah, it's just that's the one thing I have a problem with. But the good thing is that I do get people who I would probably never even think of sending my information to, they see it. So it's kind of good and bad, I guess, both for me. The last, I'll say, five to seven years has seen, I guess, the, the rise of the celebrity stylists. Um, mm-hmm. Would you consider yourself a celebrity stylist? Um, it's funny because everyone's a celebrity. It's funny because every time I speak to someone, they're like, oh, I'm a celebrity stylist. And <laughs> I think, you know, we are so with the whole, like, uh, I guess, you know, with the whole, we call it reality shows now. Mm-hmm. Everyone is so caught up with the celebrity kind of, I guess, name if you attach that to your name then you're suddenly like you know really really doing something um i you know i've never i mean even like i said my on my information when you look at it i've never said i'm a celebrity stylist i don't really give myself that title because i never want anyone to feel like oh she only does celebrities because that isn't the case. There are a lot of times where I've had people come to me, you know, women um, who are executives and women who even, I had one lady come to me because she just went back to work after being a stay-at-home mom for 20 years. Mm. And she was like, Lisa, I don't know where to start. And she's just a real person. And I love that. Like, I love working with regular people too. And so I never want people to look at me and say, oh, I can't hire her because she's just a celebrity stylist. So I try not to pigeon, I guess, pigeonhole myself in that category because I want people to know I work with everyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I have worked with some of the, you know, huge celebrities in the, you know, in my career, but I'm also a person who likes to work with, you know, your everyday woman or man who's just, you know, is struggling with, you know, I don't know what to wear to this event, or I need a whole wardrobe makeover because I just started a new career or, you know, so, and really that's like something I even have more passion for. I love giving back. I love helping someone who's like, you know, I've been out of work for 20 years. I just got a new job. And that's why I'm always trying to volunteer for Dress for Success because those are like the women that, you know, maybe been incarcerated and they just got out of jail or, you know, they came out of an abusive relationship and this is their first job. They don't know what to wear or whatever. So those are like the clients to me that need a lot. 
because I felt like, gosh, I really did something for them. So it becomes more than just picking out some great clothes for them. It becomes something that almost changes their life. It makes them feel good. It gives them confidence. You know, I got these great clothes and, you know, and I did it on a budget. So, um, so I'm very careful with that. That's the answer to your question. I mean, I think a lot of people, when they talk to me, they're like, oh, you're a celebrity stylist. So they kind of give me that label. But again, I'm always like, I want to be known as a fashion shelter for everyone, not just for celebrities. I love that. <laughs> I love yeah. the giving back to. Um, yeah, it's important. I think it's definitely important. I for think sure. when you're giving a platform, it's it's kind of you're kind of beholden. You have to give back because someone opened the door for you, and I don't That's believe right. that anyone should close a door, keep a door shut that was open for them in the first place. Um, right, so right. That's, that's my right. soapbox moment for the, uh, <laughs> for yeah. the <laughs> right for for the moment here. Yes, yes, it is definitely important. I believe that I really and truly, I believe that that is why I have been so successful is because I've always never thought of myself as okay. I'm too good to work with you, or I'm too good to do anything where I can't help someone because I just think the moment you get to that point where you feel like you're too good or you're better than everyone or, you know, um, you're, you know, got your nose up in the air at someone, um, I think that's when your blessings stop, you know, and I just think that I'm always like, if I can help you, if I can do it, I will. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Um, I mean, if I'm able to do it, then I will definitely do my best to help you. So, so that's just how I feel. Speaking of that, there's a young lady, a young man who just got off the bus plane Uber in LA and they're looking for the place to start uh-huh. to be a stylist. What's the one, okay. the one thing you tell them? I would say the first thing I would do is I would definitely start reaching out to photographers because that's basically is your platform is what they see on your, in your well-announced websites, um, your portfolio on the website. Um, I would definitely say start reaching out to photographers and in LA, I'm not sure about New York, but I know in LA um, they have a book. I think I want to say it's called the 411. It might have changed, but there is a book that you can get, and it has literally a list of every photographer production company listed. Um, and I just when I in fact when I first started out, I was just going down a list of photographers, calling them. Hey, can I work with you? I'll do it for free. I'll test for free. Can I work with you? Can I, you know, I was calling different uh, fashion stylists who were already established. Can I just assist you? I'll, I mean, I was telling them I'll assist you for free if I have to. I just wanted the experience. So I would say the first thing, if you're really passionate about it, is calling people and and every time someone says no don't give up because believe me i have a lot of people who are like oh no i don't want to use you or i already have someone and you just gotta keep calling you know you keep calling you keep calling you keep calling in fact there was one guy that i ran into not too long ago and i worked with him a while back it was a photographer and he um later on did like pictures for like prints and things like that but he was just starting out too but 
he ran into me a while back and he said, you know, he said, can I tell you that the reason why I hired you, even though you didn't have a bug, is because you were persistent. He said, you called me up every single day, <laughs> every day. He was like, sometimes two or three times. And I did. I bugged him. And so a lot of times, you know, you think you're bugging people, but they look at it as, okay, she must really be, she must really want this job. She must really want to work. She must really think she's that good. So he looked at it as, you know, she's persistent. She wants to work. She's motivated. She's, you know, so I want to use her. Let's give her a try. So I would say every time a door closes, definitely keep, keep calling, keep calling, keep calling people. Um, and then, you know, it, first of all, it gives you the confidence because you're calling people, you're learning how to speak to them. I would say, you know, do your research. I mean, I'm constantly looking at magazines and looking at other people's even, you know, websites. And I'm looking at going to designers and fashion shows. I mean, I'm constantly, even though I'm at the point where I feel like, you know, I've reached, I've had some great clients, my work never stopped as far as like helping myself get better at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking at fashion magazines. I'm always trying to go to fashion shows. I'm always, you know, looking at different webs. I mean, I'm constantly feeding myself and feeding myself and feeding myself so I can always, always stay up to par of what's going on, first of all, and just giving myself knowledge of what's going on. You know, I'm going to fabric stores and I'm looking at the fabrics and, and feeling the fabrics and just, just constantly teaching myself. So I would say, you know, for someone who's just starting out, just landed in L.A. or New York, I would say just keep calling people, you know, have your list, do do test shoots, which is, you know, free test shoots, call modeling agencies. Models always have to test because they always need new pictures in their book. They love it when you call them up and say, hey, I'll do, you know, I'll do a free test shoot with you and get some pictures. So it works for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, just staying, getting yourself motivated and not giving up. And I feel like if you really, really feel like that's your passion, and it's, I mean, the quickest way to know it's not your passion is to give up because then you feel like when you give up and you feel like, oh, it's not for me, then you, it's kind of like it really probably wasn't meant for you to do it. You know, I've had some girls who want to assist me and I'll give them a chance. And then once they get on set and they see it's not all just, you know, glamour and, you know, it's a lot of hard work on set. I mean, you were on set for sometimes 12 to 15 hours on some of these, you know, movies that I'm on and commercials and it's not all fun and glamour. So, it's funny because the moment they do that part, they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it, you know, because you're not just going to the stores picking on great clothes. There is the technical part to it, too, where, you know, you have to make sure the director's happy, the agency's happy, the client, the artist is happy. you got a lot of people you got to make happy. And um, so it's, it is a lot of hard work. It is. But if you love what you do and you really feel in your heart that's, you know, what you want to do and that it's meant for you to do it, then it's really not a job because I don't really feel like it's stopping me. It's something that I love to do. And so the hard work that comes with it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me, you know, that I'm on set for 15 hours or whatever, because I feel like it's what I want to do. It's just part of it. So um, we always end up in the same place. And um, the question I love to ask, and it's, it sounds like an easy question as you start talking, but then you really have to <laughs> to dig deep on it. <laughs> Think about it, right? Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I knew about that question, yeah. <laughs> you know, wow, I have so many, 
I guess in five years, definitely still growing um, as a fashion stylist because I feel like I can never stop growing. I'm mm-hmm. always, always learning. Um, definitely still growing. Definitely doing uh, more movies. I definitely would like to do more movies. Um, I think one of the uh, most important things that I really would like to take the time out to really do, and I'm, this has been in my heart forever, is I eventually want to start something, and I've been talking to a good friend of mine who was a, um, she's a nutritionist and she does like um, um, training. She does um, exercise training for different people. She did um, personal consultant for that. But I've been talking to her and some other people about just starting a workshop or classes where we incorporate hair, makeup, wardrobe, nutrition, exercise, all that. Um, but not for girls who have money, but for girls who are in lower income. Okay. Because I always feel like those are the ones who need our help and they can't necessarily afford these certain, you know, what you call like uh, etiquette classes that they have out that they, you know, people take now. And so I've always wanted something to where it was more like we either we do it for free or some type of charity where they can come and they can just be in a class the whole day and they're learning about hair, they're learning about makeup, they're learning about if I go to a job interview, this is what I should look like. They're learning about how to take care of themselves on the inside as far as the way they eat, um, exercise. I feel like all of that incorporates into how you feel um, as a as a young teenager or you know girl um you know if you are taking care of yourself on the inside i always felt like it shows on the outside so i've always wanted to start some type of organization where we can just go around and do that for different girls um of lower income and i've been saying this to myself for a long time and i said i said within the next five years i'm gonna i'm gonna make it happen so i've been talking to some people about just going around doing things like that for different groups um, a girls maybe going to the schools and doing it or maybe a community center or something like that. So that is something I definitely want to have at least started within the next five years. 